There's a German proverb that says, Begin to weave and God will give you a thread. In this week's episode, we discuss the thread and where we're taking it, or where it might be taking us. Welcome to Starling. I'm Amy Markham. Thank you for joining me here to connect with your creative practice. Last week's episode was all about time, and I mentioned the idea of the thread. So this week I want to kind of focus in on what the thread is and kind of talk about that in a philosophical sort of way. I'm sure you know what I mean when I say artists sometimes find threads and follow threads and pull threads like an idea that we might pick up and start following. Sometimes we follow it to fruition, and other times that thread just turns into dust as we're following it. Well, all this week I've been thinking about how those threads we pull and hold in our creative practice and in our overall life get woven together to form our identity, our purpose, our direction, And this is a philosophical idea as much as it is an artistic one, but I feel personally that as we begin to develop our connection to creativity, philosophical thinking and understanding become a natural component that grows with our creative work. An artist is a thinker as much as they are a creator. We see things in a very personal way and we make unique connections that lead us to developing a sort of mythos that shows us through our process and products. So this week I want to talk about threads, and while it's connected to our creativity and our artwork, it weaves through all areas of our lives. So perhaps this is also personal development just as much as it is creative development and creative practice. Let's start with a very, very, very old story, but a very important story, a story that has inspired so many artists throughout history. And this is the story of Ariadne's thread, the labyrinth, and of course, the minotaur. This is the famous Greek myth that many of you are probably familiar with. Ariadne was the daughter of King Minos, the ruler of Crete, and Ariadne had a half-brother. Her half-brother was the minotaur, Born from a union between the queen and a majestic bull, he was born half man, half bull, with the body of a human man and the head and the tail of a bull. Obviously, the king wanted him destroyed after he was born, but agreed to have him placed at the center of a labyrinth that was designed by the great mythological engineer Daedalus, and yearly sacrifices were made to this beast. Theseus, a prince of Athens, uh, comes to be part of the sacrifices, um, but he wants to be a hero. But Ariadne falls in love with him and gives him a ball of thread in exchange for a promise of escape and marriage when he completes the task at hand. So, of course, he accepts, and he unrolls the ball of thread on his way into the labyrinth. Theseus is successful in slaying the Minotaur, and then... He's able to follow the thread back to freedom, where he follows through on helping Ariadne escape, but he doesn't do the marriage part. And actually, he ends up leaving her asleep on an island alone, which in some ways is the best thing that could have happened to her, since that causes 
her to catch the eye of Dionysus, and she ends up marrying a deity. Lots of people get caught up on the male-female part of this story, but there's really no need to. You see, Theseus represents masculine aspects of ourselves, and that is like the will, our will in this world, our will to act. Ariadne is the representation of the feminine, the more spiritual aspects of ourselves. If we can see this as part of a whole, as the myths are really designed to do, then we can understand that our creative spirit is represented in the form of Ariadne, and that that gave our will, represented in the form of Theseus, the chance to succeed and achieve, uh, and to get through the labyrinth with the thread. Throughout history, the labyrinth has been seen of this symbol of a passage from this visible world that we're in through to our invisible center as a way to find our own self, our own knowing, our own understanding, which is central to being a human. Lots of people get lost in their own labyrinths. Lots will be slain by the beast. And it's only when we're willing to work with our creative self and follow the thread that we can find our way in, pass through to the center, confront what is necessary, and then find our own way out, enhanced and more fully aware. You can see how lots of artists would hear this myth and understand it as a metaphor for the creative practice. It's the quest we must undertake as creatives, and the labyrinth is the process of dead ends and pitfalls and stops and starts that take us to the center of ourselves, where we must face the monster within us, that often stops us from creating or keeps us from our own personal creative potential. A lot of people never even make it to that part. They give up on the quest for creative living and leave the labyrinth for an illusion of safety. Many make it to the Minotaur only to be defeated and destroyed there. Some people might even slay the beast, but then never make it out of the labyrinth because they lose the thread or because of their fear of the return. And then sometimes we make it out, victorious, with newfound confidence and excitement for all that is possible. It takes the bravery and willingness of Theseus, ready for the quest, mixed with the creative thinking and cunning of Ariadne, to make it possible to succeed. But I want to spend some time thinking about just the thread itself. The idea of the thread is a metaphor that links our creative inner spirit to the will of our physical self. And I know that sounds sort of out there, but I'm speaking in symbol and metaphor because at a certain point in our creative development, that's the only way we can discuss these sort of things. There are many threads that we pull. Some are handed to us and some we pick up while walking on our path. And we weave these smaller threads together and begin to form a bigger, stronger, more individual thread that can carry our identity and a lot of our understanding forward. Some threads we weave or pick up will get us through the labyrinth and others just take us to a dead end. Sometimes the thread will take us to more and more splinter threads that we have to figure out which ones we want to follow. So imagine you have this thread that you've been following and pulling, and sometimes you're actually the one pulling it with you, bringing it along. This is going towards the center. It's similar to Hansel and Gretel leaving breadcrumbs in the forest as they walk on their path. 
Here you want to explore and you're curious and you're just pulling the thread with you. I think of this as like the beginning of a project when artists get really excited and we just run towards an idea. It's like you're running into the labyrinth and pulling the thread with you. During this part, we occasionally pause and tie knots to kind of start anchoring ideas that might be important as we go and as a way to acknowledge milestones that we've reached. You're marking the thread as you encounter things that you intuitively sense are important to your discovery process in some way. Um, During this part of the process, the will is leading the spirit. So we might tie these knots as a way uh, to remember something that we need to come back to because the will is pulling us forward so quickly. I've spent a lot of time this week thinking about the knots and whether we really do need to tie them into our threads because we don't want to get all knotted or tangled up because that can shorten the thread. But after a lot of consideration, I do think it's important that we talk a little bit about knots. We have these sort of marker knots as we go inward towards the center. Some of these will be big, some small, depending on significance. But we only need to do this when we encounter something we sense as important to our process, to mark a moment or a memory that will help us get towards the center, or maybe in an effort to find our way out during the return process. Too many knots can cause us problems So this is a personal discovery process, and it does take some practice. There may be knots that you need to go back and untie so that you can get to the center. They may be keeping you stuck somewhere rather than just marking your path. I started thinking of times that I've tied knots that have served me on my path and times that have kept me from moving forward. For example, In the past, I would start towards a creative idea and I would get stuck at a big knot that I had tied around realistic representation and using reference material. This has been a very hard knot to completely untie. It has often shortened my thread and kept me from where I was trying to go. For a long time, this giant knot kept me from finding my own understanding of representing ideas. I'm actually still untying this knot right now, but I've gotten to where it will give me more thread to work with. And I do feel like this is a developmental knot that most artists have to tie. We have to mark this point and do things here so that we can gain confidence. But once it's been marked, it's very important to be able to go back and figure out whether it's too tight. This is a knot that we need to hold very loosely So I followed my own thread back to this understanding of realism and representation, and I've been, you know, sort of loosening it a bit. On the other hand, there are knots that I have tied that I could never have made it to the center if I hadn't tied. It was like an anchor that has allowed me to feel safe going into places where I needed to use my thread like a repelling rope. One of the knots that comes to mind that's like this for me goes back to college. I took a class on modern art history while I was at school at VCU, and I was lucky enough to get the professor Richard Carline. It was his final year teaching before retirement, and he was one of those professors that even students that didn't have him would show up and sit in on his classes because he was a wealth of information and incredibly entertaining as a teacher. And I learned a lot about modern art history in that class, 
But the thing that I tied a giant knot around was really just a few passing words and some discussions about influence. And he mentioned Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell. And I remember him standing in front of the class and telling us there would come a day when we would be ready to really understand what Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung were saying and how this could influence an artist and lead to a more interesting life. So I tied a knot there because I knew I'd want to come back to that. In my 20s, I did look at Jung's writing and Campbell, and their ideas were interesting, but I I wasn't really ready to fully understand that. In February of 2011, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I could swear I heard Richard Carlin's voice say, now's the time to read Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung. So I went out and bought Hero with a Thousand Faces and the complete Carl Jung, and I honestly think it's one of the things that got me through not only my dad's diagnosis, but my own. Tying that knot there was something that I could come back to when I knew I would need it in a very difficult and challenging part of my own labyrinth, and it helped me get through. So be aware of the knots you have tied and whether they serve you or not. Sometimes we have to go back and untie or loosen some knots, and sometimes it's just important to revisit knots that we've tied to see how they might help us find our way to the center. The thread is the thing that we pull to make our way to the center, tying knots and marking on our way, but we have to be willing to go all the way to the center. The thread is really only a guide. It isn't the path itself. That is something that we can easily stray from. It isn't surprising that we pick up occasionally on some random threads and threads that don't belong to us. We live in a shared environment. We are bound to cross creative paths with others. And sometimes that can be a bit confusing. It can be easy to drop our own thread and start to follow someone else's because maybe their thread seems a little farther along or a prettier color. But those will always just end in us getting off of our own path. And I know you know what I mean. We're all guilty of having a creative crush, admiring someone else's work so much that ours starts to look like theirs for a while. And we might even believe that it is ours for a while. Then another crush might come along and another, and then we are miles and miles from our own path with no thread in the dark, trying to get back without even a flashlight. In our current culture and environment, it seems like there are maybe five threads that everyone seems to be on, which means that there are a ton of amazing, beautiful threads that aren't being pulled or followed, and that too many people are pulling the same ones, so it's bound to break. Your thread is meant for your discovery and your exploration, so pick it up and listen Paths and threads are little. Sometimes we might be walking next to others. Our paths are shared. They're public. But the threads, the threads are personal. And they take us to our center and help us emerge with treasure that's truly ours. But the good thing about this whole thread concept is that we can backtrack. You can always back up, follow that thread backwards, untie in reverse, and make your way back. Eventually, you'll find your own thread again. It's inevitable. The whole idea of Ariadne's thread is that you can back up. If you're going the wrong way, you can make your way back 
and start anew and mark your way towards the center again. I believe as we pull our thread, the fundamental question will come with it. Look to see what questions are coming as you pull the thread and see if that feels like it's yours. But then what happens, right? As you get closer to the center, the center holds a beast. So a lot of us are going to give pause and have to consider whether we want to be some sort of hero or not. Do you want to confront that beast? We all have them, those inner demons that we struggle with but are rarely ready to face. Once we make the choice to look that monster in the eye and understand the things that we've been avoiding and things that we need to change, this part can be very personal, and honestly, it is a different topic than the idea of the thread. So I'm going to let you consider this part and what happens when you get to the center of your own labyrinth, and I'm going to stay on just discussing the thread. So once you've confronted your personal minotaur and are ready to make your return, you have the thread that can help you find the way back. Sometimes coming out is harder than going in, and I know that sounds weird, but we may be tired from the process, or we could be hurt Uh, We may have made some realizations that challenge the world that we're returning to. We run in, pulling our thread, excited for this journey. And then when we leave, it's the thread that's pulling us. And we're a little wiser and a little more aware. The thread or threads that got us to the center are reliable ways to find our way out of the labyrinth with the discoveries we made within it. If... We think of the labyrinth journey with our thread as a metaphor for our own creative process. It is easy to see getting to a point where you have to overcome what has been holding you back. And yet, there is still the process of getting out. Getting the work out from your own understanding through your artistic practice and into physical form is a challenge in and of itself. Many heroes might be willing to face the beasts, but want to stay inside after that. You know it's safe in there. You took care of that monster, and you don't know what's outside now. We have to bring our will out of the labyrinth. Otherwise, we won't have anything. The thread will bring us back if we let it. And we do have to give ourselves time to untie knots and have a reflective process on the way out. That's where all that happens. And this is a good time to revise and review and let the thread just pull us towards the entrance that we came in and allow it to be an exit. So many artists have worked with this story. Think about Picasso and Pollock and the poet William Blake and the author Stephen King. I will make sure to put a link in the show notes where you can see some of these works and how artists have created around this idea of the thread the labyrinth, and the minotaur. It is amazing how this ancient story has connected through centuries and given artists a way to see this process, to find themselves in story, and remind them to follow the thread. As I mentioned, I have been personally considering the whole knot part in the thread and and why we have to tie them at all. When I was in college, I got a Celtic knot tattoo on my back, and it started to feel really wrong to me after cancer. So on my 40th birthday, I went and had that tattoo covered with a labyrinth surrounded by an Ouroboros, you know, um, the snake that eats its tail. 
but I didn't let my snake eat its tail. I wanted to keep that path open because I was thinking about trying to untie some knots and I felt like I needed to do that on my own skin. I think a lot about how we as artists, we pick up a lot of threads in our creative practice. And sometimes we start to weave those together before we really know what we're mixing. And then we keep carrying those threads with us, pulling them along. And sometimes it's important to decide whether they need to be part of our thread that goes forward. We can thin it out sometimes. It might be too thick or hard to hold in our hands. And we can let go of the threads that are no longer useful to us. This is a concept that I'm still working with. And like I said, figuring out which knots to tie and untie seem like an important part of understanding the thread to me. So for this week, I do want to recommend some ideas about working with the thread and figuring out how we're holding them. So first, I want you to consider your own understanding of threads and think about these questions. Have you had an experience of working with thread? Not like physically, not like can you sew, but this imaginary thread, the thread that links our will and our creative self. What is your experience with that? Can you identify times that you have felt pulled by a thread where you were so taken with an idea that it pulled you forward? Can you remember a time when you ran, pulling that thread along with you? Right now, are you holding your own thread or someone else's? And how do you know? Are you holding several threads? Are you weaving those threads together? Should they actually be connected? Have you ever been pulling a thread that has led you to questions? Have you ever followed a thread all the way through to the center and back out again successfully? And if so, how does that feel? And then let's consider knots for a moment. What knots have you tied in your threads? And what knots do you need to untie? Have your knots actually helped you? Do you still need them? Or can you untie those now? Is your line tangled? And where do you start to pull that tangle apart? Are there places that you meant to tie a knot and you didn't stay long enough in that part? Maybe you need to go back and retie a knot? Are there knots that you untied too early? Are you having trouble untying any? Why? And here I will just mention the beast just for a moment. If you follow that thread, you will have to complete a confrontation. So consider what that means to you. The beast is a topic for another day, but it is something to consider. Theseus knew what he was going towards when he entered that labyrinth, and it did not stop him. And doing it allowed him to become a hero. Picking which threads to pull and follow takes a level of discernment. Spend some time with the threads you may be pulling or following at the moment and consider how far you've come with them. If you want to continue forward, great. Or do you need to back up, maybe pick up a different thread? This whole idea of the thread is based on a story, this myth that has influenced many artists. So I want you to think about other stories, and I want you to think about stories that have influenced your path, your journey, your thread. I really want you to consider this because stories are threads, and I'll be talking more about that in upcoming episodes. And of course, following this thread through to creation, I'd be curious of what you might come up with. 
I know artists that work with thread actually in sewing or knitting or in creative ways or weaving. Or I also think about people who make songs on stringed instruments. How does this idea of following a thread manifest to your creative ideas? If you have any insights that you want to share about this or artwork you create around the topic, I would love to see what you're making and thinking about. You can connect with me on Facebook at Starling Creative Living, on Instagram at The Starling Creative, or on Twitter at Art Teacher Amy. I also have a Facebook group where I hope to continue some of these conversations and work with these topics, themes, and ideas in exploring creatively. It is a Facebook group, so please feel free to join us. As we wrap up this episode, I do want to say that the thread I'm following is leading me directly into the school year, and starting next week, I'll be full-time back at school. Um, I know that that means that the thread that is Starling is going to have to be held a little bit more lightly, and I'll have to figure out the time I have for that part. If you've been enjoying our conversations here, great. I hope you would share this with other creative types that you might know that might also enjoy these topics and practices. So as I head back to school next week, I want to thank you uh, for listening, and I want to encourage you to really allow your art practice to develop and deepen you into the masterpiece you're meant to be. I hope that the threads you're holding take you exactly where you need to be and that every knot is useful. So as always, enjoy your process.